uh, next Monday at uh, 10 o'clock as well. So uh, this final one on the 123 show with Marcy Trent Long. This week, Marcy speaks with Lawrence Liu, uh, the climate change and partnerships lead at Civic Exchange, about the initiative to introduce hydrogen-fueled buses to Hong Kong. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, do you ever get tired of the smell of diesel buses while you're walking along the sidewalks of Hong Kong? I know I do. And it's great that Hong Kong is a walking city and public transport is so easy and convenient, but buses are a big part of that equation. And currently, only 1% of Hong Kong buses are electric. That's right, only 1%. But hopefully that will one day change. And Lawrence Liu, the climate change and partnerships lead at Civic Exchange, is here to tell us about an initiative that will hopefully kickstart that change. Welcome to the show, Lawrence. Thank you so much, Marcy. Yeah, (laughs) I think you're right. It's like the diesel smell, but not just the diesel smell. It's also like the noise and then also the AC, the heat from the air condition. They actually make our roadside condition very bad, not pleasant enough to let everybody enjoy. Hi, all the audience. I'm Lawrence from CFA Exchange. CFA Exchange is a local environmental think tank. We already established for 22 years. We can count ourselves as like one of the oldest environmental think tank in Hong Kong. I'm going to go back to that. You were just talking about the heat. So now, luckily, I mean, in a way, for the last few years, we've all been wearing masks, right? Which has probably contributed to our health because of the air pollution of the buses. But it's not only the air pollution, but just when the bus goes by and that heat wave comes over you. Oh, they really need to change it. So, Lawrence, take a step back. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with you, even though you've been on the show before, can you tell us a little bit about the purpose of Civic Exchange? Okay. The purpose of Civic Exchange is for, like, evidence-based research and then engage the community in Hong Kong, no matter from government, corporate, community, or just even individual and then we get the feedback and then try to create a health dialogue within our society and then advise policy to the government to drive change in Hong Kong to make sure that we can develop in a sustainable way and then also can improve the livability in Hong Kong so that this is the purpose and then why we exist and then our methodology to developed our recommendation. Right. And so Trash Talk listeners, Civic Exchange has been critical to things like lowering the shipping emissions through their partnerships in Hong Kong, Drink Without Waste, you're a part of that as well, right? Yes. So it's been, it's a wonderful nonprofit and we should all support them. Okay. Now you guys are involved with the zero emissions Mobility Consortium. So maybe you could describe that a little bit um, and who founded it and why. Actually, the Zero Emission Consortium is really interesting because you cannot imagine it's like one year ago, all the bus company, basically they are competitor and then they joined together with power company like CLP, 
and then also time guests, and then couples of academics like the professor from the Polytech University and then the University of Science and Technology, plus an NGO Clean Air Network. Everyone is a lot of conflict on interest, but because of the climate change issue and the decarbonization, they sit down together and then try to like come identify what is the challenges and then propose solution to help Hong Kong electrification our fate. Yeah, so this is a quite a amazing achievement in Hong Kong, especially under the COVID situation. <laughs> yeah, to start to anything during COVID. Okay, but here's a novice question for you. Why are you involving the power companies? I know, obviously, they provide the electricity, but why also the power companies? Okay, this is a very interesting question. I think the role of the power company inside the consortium is not just po like figure out how to build the infrastructure or like how to figure out, squeeze some space in the bus depot and then to build the charging facility. But it's more like to help them understand the industry trend and then plan for the future. And then once this kind of closely collaboration between the bus company fund, we can build in the future, we can like a bit, a bit head strategy is like once the bus established and then build the experience, the power, once the power company build the experience, and then we can further expand it to other sector of the transport sector. For example, the freight sector, the high, like the light goods vehicle, the cargo van, and then the medium goods vehicle, and then the heavy duty vehicle. So, info that in, at the earlier time, they can really accumulate the experience and then plan for the future. And then on the other side is like the power company in Hong Kong seldom really mention about hydrogen. But I know the bus company is really want to use the hydrogen. So that is really good crossover to like help the energy and power company to step one more step, figure out how they can develop infrastructure in Hong Kong and supply hydrogen in the future. Okay. And then can you also take a step back for the novices and describe the difference between the hydrogen fuel cell buses and an electric bus? Okay. Maybe I use one really straightforward comparison to Definitely. all the audience. Straightforward is always Actually, best on trash truck. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, hydrogen bus is also a type of electrical vehicle. The only difference is the hydrogen bus didn't really carry a massive battery on the vehicle. It makes so that no need to pop in and charge it every day or like a certain miles. The high what on the hydrogen fuel how to, um, the hydrogen bus is like a hydrogen fuel cell. With the hydrogen, with supply of the hydrogen, the fuel cell can continue generate electricity on board and then to drive the power change and then to make sure the bus can move on the road. So that basically, except the battery difference, 
the hydrogen fuel cell bus is also is like a kind of electrical vehicle. The only difference is no need to pop in a charging point and wait for a couple hours before we recharge it. Maybe the hydrogen fuel cell bus only need to pop like the normal diesel vehicle or petrol vehicle go to the gas station and then pop in for 10 minutes and then fill up the tank and then can go again for like 250 to 400 kilometers already. Uh, okay, so that that could be, I mean, one of the criticism in, in Hong Kong, right, for the electric is that the buses are on such a tight schedule that, you know, would you be able to organize a really long charge in the depot or not, right? So hydrogen might fix that, maybe, but it's further out. Correct. Okay. Yeah, for, because in Hong Kong, even though we have a lot of science, we have a lot of bus depot. However, is if you work really late and then you also can aware that a lot of buses actually just park at bus terminal or public transport interchange or even though some on street because we don't have sufficient space to park all the buses in the depot. So that imagine, even though the bus company really ambitious, change all the fit into electric tomorrow. And then the problem will come along is, we have not sufficient space to make sure all the buses can charge before the rush hour. So this is the problem. And then why we need to figure out the alternative. Well, and you know, we Hong Kongers, we don't wait for transport, right? So spoiled, huh? <laughs> the buses always come <laughs> like that. So God forbid you delay them and, and make us wait. We won't, we won't use them. But yeah. well, you guys, you guys also mentioned that there were some regulations maybe that, that could be changed to encourage either the hydrogen or the electric buses. What kind of regulations would those be? Okay, so first of all, I would like to talk about the battery electric vehicle because now um, the government want to make sure the public safety. So they have a regulation. It's really limit the length, the weight and the height of the buses, the specification of the buses. Oh. But imagine the battery is much more heavier than the diesel. So that, and then also occupy a lot of space. However, it is not good idea to introduce more buses to Hong Kong. It will create more congestion ease. So that we need to explore, and then the bus company and the energy company, what we really want to explore with the government is whether can we lessen the current legislation make the specification fit for like the battery the battery electric vehicle to make it more easy to happen on road and the more fulfill the operation viability and then on the hydrogen vehicle side two months ago the bravo bus introduced the first hydrogen buses to hong kong however it cannot fill up the hydrogen and then make it on road because the current hydrogen is not categorized as a fuel, it's categorized as a dangerous goods. Oh, so that it is impossible <laughs> to put the dangerous goods oh, on no. the bus and then to power the bus. So that it's not yet happened yet, it's not yet happened to 
power by the hydrogen oil. So that the government and the bus company, energy company need to sit down and then to identify the solution. Right. Okay. That that one seems pretty logical. Seems like <laughs> seems like you could have a a pretty good argument on that one. And then okay, so there are definitely a lot more private cars on the road than there were twenty five years ago, right? And even though I use public transport because I love it, I can understand how people who are now out in the new territories want the car for their Friday or weekend transport. How, how is the government going to balance this growth in private cars with then the desire to flip over to electric buses and grow that sector as well? So I think, first of all, the private car, not in the past five years, the number of private car is jumped also quite significantly from like 2017, 589,000 to year 2022 this year, 651,000. It's like a rocket jump, maybe populate one more service provider did provide us the well-cast service. Imagine you travel overseas. I know Marcy, you now in the state and then you never can find like four Hong Kong dollar per journey. This is such lower fare. However, it's really reliable, convenient service. This is well-cast service. So that's, I think the government can put more effort to encourage the public to more, to shift their transport mode from private vehicle to public transport. First of all, need to work closely with all the bus operator and then our mass trans, like the MTL, identify how they can synergy with each other, create a better incentive to incentivize public to use public transport. Secondly, is like, identify any kind of measure to further improve the public transport efficiency, like set up a massive delegated bus link to make sure all the surface are smooth and punctual in the future. Thirdly, is like set up the electronic road pricing system. I believe you guys already heard a lot of people from CFA Exchange or other initiative people say Hong Kong lead ELP system. However, it's still not happened yet, but hopefully in the future, we can finally see one day it's implemented and then can create a really incentive for public to use their private vehicle. And then finally, maybe the government also can really limit the number of the private vehicle on road in Hong Kong. You can see mainland China, Singapore did a good job to control the number of vehicles. Hong Kong can really reference it. All right, those are really good ideas and I hope that someone's listening. <laughs> um, well, at least the Assistant Director of Environmental Protection, Kenneth Long Kaiming, recently responded to ZEMC, which is the bus consortium's recommendation and said they were planning to release a timetable to phase out commercial vehicles into electric vehicles by 2025. 
Do do you think the government will be able to ban the new registration of all diesel gasoline powered vehicles by 2032 at the rate it's going? Um, I think for the private vehicle, definitely possible, and then it's really practical. For the private vehicle, because at this moment we already can find alternative for the private vehicle. For the buses, because they are regulated under the franchise agreement, so that they must retire the buses after the buses in service eighteen years. So that twenty thirty two is also a practical timeline for the bus operator to commit. Not to buy new internal combustion engine vehicle at twenty thirty two. Otherwise, they will facing like early excess retirement. That is definitely is not a smart way.、Mm. However, it is more challenge because we definitely need to work more and more focus on with more dialogue with the truck company to see. What is the challenges, and then also like what is the potential solution, and then how they can really overcome the barrier. So that I optimistic, but I think for the truck maybe need to delay for like few years, like two o thirty five is more practical, because for the government also has set a retirement requirement for all the commercial vehicle like fifteen years, so that. Twenty thirty five may be more practical for the truck. However, the most important thing is the government definitely need to engage with the industry member, and then identify the pathway and action, and then to craft um the pathway and and then align the pathway as soon as possible. Because now to twenty thirty two is just ten years. It is. Uh, already is really rush time frame to test a new technology. If you guys can remember, how long we take to phase out all the long con air conditioning double decker bus in Hong Kong? We spent <laughs> almost twenty years plus ten year testing to completely phase off the long air conditioning bus in Hong Kong, so that for. All the new technology deployment, we need to spend time to test the technological viability, operational viability, and then also to understand how to handle it properly after the life cycle. Yeah, I agree with that. Boy, I just can't even imagine the days of non non air conditioned buses in Hong Kong. Whew, that was hot. But I guess it's like being on the tram. So. Um, well, those are really brilliant ideas, Lawrence, and we really appreciate Civic Exchange、um, pushing this and helping facilitate this partnership. Is there anything that the Trash Talk listeners can do to support the partnership?、Um, sure, definitely. The first step definitely support the popular transport operator. So, start from today, you guys can put your private vehicle in the parking lot. And then use the public transport, no matter buses, MTR, or even taxi. This already can help our environment, and they also can fast track the electrification. All right, did you hear that, Trash Talk listeners? Lawrence, thanks so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it, and look forward to hearing about more of Civic Exchange initiatives 
in the coming months. Sure, thank you so much. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK on the Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk. Trash Talk will be back again and next Monday at 10 o'clock.